0: Welcome to the Evolve WMMA podcast, featuring women who go against conventional thinking to pursue their dreams. They are warriors who've gained respect by taking the reins and moving forward, creating progressive change in a male-dominated arena. These women have inspiring stories to share, filled with real-life joy, passion, blood, sweat, and tears. Hey, 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 this is Evolve Women's MMA, and I'm your host, Shelley Devine. This week's guest started her martial arts journey when she was only 14 years old, earning her black belt in Taekwondo. She later discovered a love for Muay Thai kickboxing, and rose to fame after winning the one-night 2007 hook-and-shoot Women's Grand Prix with three knockouts in a combined time of just one minute and 45 seconds. She's faced notable opponents like Gina Carano, Misha Tate, Liz Carmouche, Julie Kenzie, Sarah Kaufman, and Leslie Smith. After over four years of absence from competition, Young recently fought and won by a unanimous decision, and she's scheduled to fight at Invicta FC 32, facing Fren dos Santos. I'd like to welcome another pioneer in women's MMA, the striking Viking, Caitlin Rose Young
1: one second. I'm trying to get the um the audio to go. Okay, there we go. Yeah, good. Welcome. So, Hi. so thank you for joining me today
0: on uh, such short notice. It's awesome to have you on. I've heard so much about you from some of the other women that are fighting um on Invicta cards and uh, Oh yeah,
1: you've had quite a few on, huh?
0: Yeah, really trying to help get that featherweight division cooking, you know, like drawing Absolutely. to it, getting these women's names out there and and uh they had told me much about you um actually um seeing you at the the, the tough tryouts and and conversing with you and now um you're you're fighting again.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah well I mean, it was, it was something that I kind of planned, you know, I'd been fighting Muay Thai the last uh, three or four years, but it was something that I was like, Oh, eventually. And then before my last fight, the tough tryouts came up and I was like, man, so, you know, working at Invicta there. Well, for a few reasons, honestly, like they're, they're, uh, it would be a conflict to compete in some places and, then, and seeing the underside of some other places, I wouldn't want to compete there. <laughs> so, uh-huh. uh, UFC was one of the few that, that would have made sense, as was Horizon, which is why I ended up fighting wow. there. And, um, you know, just kind of after coming back, it made sense to just step down and fight while the window's open, I guess.
0: Yeah. So let's refresh. You just came off of a fight. You, you, you've you been on a hiatus um, from MMA right. for the last four years. And, yep. and uh, you just stepped back into the cage recently, last month.
1: Yep. Yeah. yeah, it feels longer for some reason, but yeah, about a month ago.
0: Yeah, and and you had a um a unanimous decision win.
1: Yep. Congratulations! How did it feel? <laughs> How did it, it feel? Did. You know, like the outcome obviously is what I wanted, but it was good to. uh, I just felt felt really good in there. I've been feeling really good in my Thai boxing fights. Um, my hope was that I could transfer that to MMA, transfer the same mentality, and and it it worked so uh it was i was both happy happy and like okay now now it's time to go get it
0: yeah yeah so i mean you have an upcoming fight now it's in november right or is it it's november
1: november yeah, yeah
0: november so um you must be thrilled because you're going back to invicta yeah, and you were on the the, the first card um, Invicta had its debut promotion. You had a major brawl <laughs> with Leslie Smith. That was yeah. incredible fight. And um, and then um, you know you kind of you, you had that draw, and then and then MMA wise, you kind of were a little up. Oh and yeah, down.
1: I went on a slide. A hell of a slide, yeah.
0: Yeah, and and so was that part of the reason that you took um, some time off. Well, I know you went to Thailand, but, um, was that, did that play a, a role in that? To-
1: yeah. Well, it was one of those two where I was just, I was, I was just competing like so much better in the gym than I was in fights and it didn't make sense. And it would be like, I would do everything perfect. Mm-hmm. And then my fight would be crap. And, um, and that's not to take anything away from my opponents at that time. I just wasn't fighting yeah. in my ability. Yeah, so I knew I needed to change some things up. I'd actually moved to Los Angeles right before my last, my last uh, Invicta fight before, so that was Invicta 9, I think. Um, but it was right before that, and then I'd met a uh, Thai trainer, Corm Pet, and started training Thai boxing with him. And it just sort of happened naturally. It was like, well, I should do some Thai boxing while I'm training with this awesome trainer. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know that I set out to correct some of the things in that manner, but it's what ended up happening. Yeah,
0: it's, it's funny. I, I actually, um, when you were in Thailand, I think in 2016, you did um, an interview with uh, Sylvie Von yeah. Douglas Douglas or something. I met her. I, I never know how to say her name right. But, uh, and I, I'm, I'm like really bad. I'll be noted for her. Like, she's the lady that just can't say anybody's name right. right. And I'm like okay, we know who you mean. I'm like, no more. <laughs> bad at it. And, and I'm like, what the hell? But um you you had an interview with her and um and she you you um she was kind of um asking you about like, you know, the transition from MMA to Muay Thai and I'm just gonna quote you because you yeah. could explain it a little bit more because um I thought it was a cool statement. But um well when I was fighting MMA, there were days that felt like training was a chore and since going back to Thai boxing there has not been one day that I wasn't looking forward to training and uh, for me that was very significant and I would train very hard in MMA out of discipline but the desire was not the same can you go into more depth
1: about the desire and the difference between the two for you well I mean I think part of it had to do with how now in hindsight Part of it had to do, not necessarily with the sport, but how uh, I was training at the time. Mm -hmm. Now I'm I'm with a new coach and I've taken more ownership over it. And um, I've been able to transfer that to MMA as well. Cool. Um, It's just a a lot more guided and a lot more intelligent training. And with a lot more, um, I don't know, like uh, success, I think. Mm-hmm. Not, not to go to, I don't want to bore the audience but not to go too much into it but I think you know when you're in a room uh when I had first started doing uh MMA type stuff I'd often be the lightest person in the room and my teammates were super strong wrestlers mm-hmm. and if you everyday training, you're losing all the time, and you're not used to winning. It's just not a, a way that's a way to train that's conducive to winning. Then how are you supposed to go do well? And your brain only knows that you're not winning. It doesn't know, well, of course you're not. This person's 100, you know, fights at 170, and they're uh, a, a stud wrestler. Mm-hmm. So I think um, changing up my training uh, has made all the difference in the world and at the time I thought it was only because it was muay thai But I think I think a lot of it was the coaching and the style of training
0: Interesting. Wow. Well, so that's good. It took you a while to figure that out But you you yeah. got to figured it out and you kind of took a break and stepped away Which I think is like a huge thing to do if you if uh, you're not feeling it yeah. you know? And then and then finding the, the right path for yourself that's great. So, um, for our listeners, uh, some people may know you, some people may not. But um, you are quite the pioneer in women's mixed martial arts. You've been around for a while, and you were—you've had fights against um, some of some notables like Gina Carano, um, which, and, and then too, you were involved with the the hook and sh- hook and shoot. You um you won. The um the oh, what is it the world's Grand, the women's Grand Prix mm-hmm, yeah yeah and you really got you know kind of put on the map there you impressed Tara La Rosa all this sort of stuff um so can you give a like a little brief history of of your background just for some new listeners that are kind of like don't know who you are yeah. and, and um, just kind of give a refresh
1: no it's funny you know I I think of like Tara and Shana as the pioneers. So it's still funny to hear people say it, but I guess yeah. I mean, I guess I have been around a lot longer than a lot of the ladies. I most. Oh, sorry. Go
0: ahead. (laughs) I'm sorry too. I should have interrupted, but most people, you know, they know Gina Carano, Mm -hmm. and they didn't know Tara. I knew Tara back, you know, then. But I didn't. I didn't know her or or um, Shana or any of them. I kind of learned them through um, uh, Amanda uh, Buckner. Mm-hmm. and she was involved in that, but I don't know if she was in the same fight sh- that you were in at all. I think she might've kind of drifted off from that.
1: She, Yeah. I feel like in that? I feel like she had her first, her last fight shortly before my first one or right around. Cause I remember her fight with Tara LaRosa was the first women's MMA fight I ever saw. I remember watching their fight. I think they were down at Costa Rica or somewhere. And Bodog was putting on pretty good women's fights right. at the time. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, it
0: was a whirlwind, I'm sure for you even, cause that was a tournament style fight that you were in that, that, you know, you had three fights in one, one day or evening or whatever. Right.
1: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So I had had, so I did starting way back, I did uh Olympic style taekwondo when I was a teenager. And then when I became an adult, I started doing Muay Thai. And after about two years of that, it was pretty dried up in the Muay Thai scene then and uh, in the Midwest anyway, where I was. So it was like, well, why don't you try an MMA fight? Cause it was, you know, growing and whatnot. But this was at a time where they used to make women fight three minute rounds. They wouldn't let you fight five minute rounds. And when I say they, I mean the promotions Bodog did and um, hook and shoot did not in the tournament because it was tournament format. So they had to keep the rounds shorter, but in their regular fights. Um, so I had my pro debut in MMA in uh, October, I think. And I had one. I won a, a TKL. And then I had the Bodog tournament. Or not Bodog. Bodog hook and shoot. I think they were somehow. They co- were somehow
0: connected.
1: They were connected uh, on that. I, I'm not Jeff sure. Jeff Osborne, he'd always been uh, a big promote, proponent of women from, from day one. And it was. Three fights in one night. It was a little uh, funny because there were four 135ers and four 125ers. And then the finalists fought each other. So wow. I feel a little funny about the, <laughs> the final fight just being so much bigger. But um, so then I had that. And then one more fight in, it was like February or March. And then I fought Gina on CBS. Uh, and then I had a two-year complete uh, dry spell had a really tough time getting fights. Yeah,
0: that was mm-hmm. I, I don't remember the year. It was probably two thousand six or so. yeah two
1: thousand
0: eight. It was even yeah. further up. It was getting closer to um I think say maybe even um in Ooh, who started then? I don't know. But um back then you when you fought Gina even, that was like kind of they didn't even want to show show you. Yeah your
1: your your bruises or anything like that they didn't they
0: they kind of stopped the fight didn't they
1: he did and i had spoken out about it and and, you know at 22 i probably wasn't real i didn't think through how i should have said it as well but yeah i never thought i was winning that fight people thought that's what i was arguing and it wasn't to your point it was more you stopped it early because i had a ton of swelling but it was under the eye yeah um And it was going to explode if it got hit again, because it was just like a huge hematoma. And I was later told um, off the record by execs that they did not want the women's fight to get bloody. So it had been actually confirmed. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Isn't that amazing that it, it, I mean, I can see that it would be like that for me. I'd be like, oh, let's see it. But like, Mm -hmm. you know, let's see it go to, you know, the full, full fight or whatever. But um, it's amazing that it's changed. In such a short
1: period of well, it has yeah, been
0: a short period of time that that perception now has has shifted. Thankfully,
1: it depends, thankfully, yeah. And it's it's amazing to me that back then it was short rounds, stuff like that. Uh, you know, being asked to go put your hair down when you are at a you know a promo for your fight, stuff stuff like that. Yeah. To now, um, it's maybe the only professional sport where men and women are paid very similar they get very similar uh media opportunities there isn't another one um it, yeah so, no
0: other sports are doing it this way i mean no. not at all not even like i mean you have uh, the 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 race car driving with i forgot the woman's name the danica right danica, yes, danica. and i mean she's she is but like you, i mean there there is i mean tennis but they're not you know, and those are the only other ones that you're kind of playing, women are playing equally, but you're not having it in, like, um, more team sports of, like, right. football yeah. or baseball
1: or... No, and we have we have a killer women's basketball team up here, yeah. um, and they get, like, nothing. Like, they won't even be, they'll win a championship and not even be, you know, front page up here. It's terrible.
0: I know. Would you watch them if they played? would you watch them on TV? Like, you know, going out fight night or, or going out like for a sporting, like a football? No, play?
1: I don't. I generally, I don't watch sports much. I love gymnastics. I shouldn't say that. I love watching gymnastics. So generally I don't watch them a lot, but yeah, I would go just to support just to kind of uh, drive the point home about viewers. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I
0: think I would too. I've heard other women say, Oh, I would never watch women play blah, blah, blah. And I'm thinking, huh. You wouldn't watch your daughter play, <laughs> you know, right. like if,
1: if oh, she a, you
0: know like when she's in school, you wouldn't go and watch her play. I'm like, what's the difference? You, if you saw her on TV, wouldn't you want to watch her? Or
1: right. And when I you yeah, create that wow. that opportunity for her. And I think yeah. sometimes I feel like, man, we are we're 50% of the population if we decide to make make a stink about something, you yeah. know, decide to all start showing up for stuff, then yeah. The numbers don't lie, you know.
0: Yeah, for sure. So I want to circle back to, um, you know, um, the uh, the Muay Thai, too, is, you know, going back and, and um, going back to Thailand and you trained over there. Did you fight when you were over there?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I've had a few fights over there. I, well, the first time I went, I only had one. Um, and that was, it was a, a really good experience, but it was a trip. So, so the time I was with, uh, that I had met Sylvie for the first time. Yeah. Um, who's just a doll, by the way. She's,
0: she's oh, she's great. I saw her first fight in New York, and and then oh, her, okay. And her first fight over in well, one of her fights in New York, I should say. I think it might have it was an amateur fight, so it was one of her first fights. This is how I know her, and sure. um and then she went to Thailand, and I went to Thailand and um didn't really and, and met her over there where she had a fight there and she dropped the girl like a sack of potatoes with yeah. me. and. And um, she just said she couldn't get anything over here because she, she's yep. so tiny. And she's like, I had to go there. And now she's just made it her whole career and her life and everything. She's, she's pretty much there. But, um, oh, yeah. yeah, really, really cool. So I, I actually, when I was doing some research on you, I was like, oh, my God, she met Sylvie over there. Yeah.
1: So what was it
0: like being in Thailand having your fight?
1: So that was really fun. I've had a, a couple of sons, but the first time I went, <clears throat> there are some – real cultural differences in a lot of things, but like, especially, um, in training and stuff. And I think this is hard for people to grasp when they first go, like in America, when you're training at a gym, you, how do you, how do you get attention from the coach? It's always to work super hard. If You work your butt off, you'll get more help. You'll get more rounds, all this stuff. And there it's kind of seen as disrespectful if you're trying to take the control out of the trainer's hands, if you're not resting when they tell you to rest. And so it's interesting, the stuff that that gets you help in each gym is different. And um, that took me a while to figure out. So I was actually really frustrated at first because they weren't pushing me at hard when I first got there, Mm -hmm. but um, it was in my best interest. They were trying to, you know, I had, I had, some time before I was going to fight and they wanted to build me up slowly. It's just a very different, um, philosophy than I was used to. Mm-hmm. And the gym I was at is Deserat and Ajahn Surat speaks a bit, like barely any English, but man, not much. So, um, and I was alone there. So I, it was like hard. You can discuss it with anybody. Uh, but it was a great experience. The only things, like I said, it was tough because nobody knew when the weigh in time was. So I, I, I was like, well I guess I'll go by myself and figure yeah, out. Yeah. <laughs> my opponent luckily spoke Thai and English, so she helped us get that ironed out. And then um That's good. They came and cornered and that uh oddly was fine with the language barrier. So uh and it was um, it was awesome. I won a, I think it was a third round TKO against uh Shanto Ugi. Nice. But it was funny, like all the boys came and I was like, Oh, this is so sweet. Like all the boys came from the gym and then mm-hmm. it turns out they came to bet. Yeah, they do, they bet. Do they bet for you or against you? Oh, they bet for me. I was like, Oh look. yeah, the more of a vote of confidence.
0: Yeah. It's a huge pastime. That's what they all do is bet on, you know, like who's gonna win and whatever. It's yeah. huge.
1: No, so it was really fun. And there was a, a guy who trains here in Minnesota was over there too. So uh like just happened to show up at the fight, so it was a blast. We had a really good time.
0: That's awesome. I I, I spent some time. I spent like about a month over there um, back in two thousand nine, 10-ish or something. And oh, cool. Uh, yeah, it was nice. I I did um a little bit in Singapore, some training there. Oh. but I got to see some fights up in Chiang Mai when I was up there. That's where I think I yeah I met me I met Sylvie up there. Yeah, I know I, she goes up there. Well, she lived up there at first when she went yeah. over there, didn't she? That's yeah. It that's where I met her. And, um, yeah, it was great. Um, went to, you know, fight nights or whatever, but I didn't know when I first was there that, you know, women weren't allowed in the ring.
1: They had,
0: Mm -hmm. they were just starting to allow women to get in. Oh, that's right. Well, that was, that was, and then it was like how you went into the ring was huge. Mm -hmm. Like you couldn't go over the ropes. You had to kind of go under them. And then some of the gyms would have two separate rings yeah, when I went to where she, when I met her, they had separate rings—one for the girls, one for the bo- the guys—because it was somehow like, oh, you can't be in the ring; you'll like curse it
1: or something, yeah. right? I think honestly, it's like a superstition about getting injured. But it was funny at um, a we have to go under the ropes, but we didn't. They really don't separate you much, and I think part of that is they've had a lot of killer female fighters out of there. Um, like yeah. some out of there, Chomani, like a, a, yeah. a bunch of them. And they are, you know, having, they, they coach the national team. So I think it's just having good female fighters around there, they're used to it. So there's a different, I don't know. I haven't trained enough gyms in Thailand to say, only well, yeah. training in their place, but it, yeah. it didn't feel, uh, feel as like unequal as it sounds like a lot of places feel.
0: Yeah, it, it, definitely the superstition. And I, I sensed um, when I when I was there, it was very um, feminine or soft culture. And I think that you picked up yeah. that in your training where they're like, oh, rest. I, I just know from s- s- m- one of my coaches is like, oh no, it's like, go, you know, like nice and easy, you know, like not yeah. easy, but like,
1: breathe have I, have I. Yeah, yeah yeah take
0: yeah. your time chill you know like that stuff and then too um when you're when you're kicking or like blocking like you know blocking a kick or whatever they it, my my coach at the time was like yeah we you know we do it they train it but he's like you don't want to do it cuz you don't want to hit shin to shin he's like you kind of like you know, fake the person out and you pause and then you then you find the soft spot to kick in or, you know, yeah. to break a rib or something like that, but not shin to shin, bone, knee to knee or whatever. And I just thought it was funny because he was like, no, that hurts too much. You're a Tyler, you don't <laughs> want to do that. You know, they know. And I just thought it was the funny thing because we're like all like, yeah, hardcore, boom, hit them with, hit them with the shins. And I was going to say to you with that Leslie Smith fight. Oh, Yeah. How did your shins feel after that? I mean, hers looked like she was probably, I was like, what did she feel oh like? Oh my gosh. Hey, my Where's shins were
1: okay, but this is something people should just know. She yes. has a super hard head. Um, <laughs> I, no, I'm not kidding. So I had uh, like two, I'd fractured both hands, just not big, like like a hairline fracture, not bad ones. Wow. Wow. And one was a knuckle and one was a hand. But she, uh, and then my friend Jessamine, you know Jessamine Duke? yes men fought her she broke her hand on her face too like doing a jab so <laughs> <laughs> and it's think, amazing you know it's like amazing i'm like man how do you beat that person who just goes comes forward you know yeah
0: it's such a weird genetic
1: thing with people but it's awesome you know she has really good conditioning too so yeah. she's one of those is she'll be a tough fight for for whoever she's body with. Absolutely, anybody.
0: So, did you train at Ronda Rousey's gym, like with mm-hmm. her? You did, okay. You were one of that, like the pack.
1: Yeah, you know, it's uh it's one of those where I would mostly sparring is all we ever did, did together. I think at the, at the time,
0: mm-hmm. and,
1: you know, see people in the gym. But yeah, I that was uh, the first place I went because my friends were. Jessamine and Shana were there. Yeah. So, um. When I moved to LA, I, I knew I needed something to change. That's where I went originally, uh-huh. um, and they were a little bit more of a boxing heavy gym. And they were they were so sweet to me. They were great, um, mm-hmm. but it wasn't I, it's it wasn't what I needed. I don't think so. That's when I uh, ended up moving on. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Wow. So you've definitely um, made the dots to different people that are really significant in the development of women's mixed martial arts for sure. You, you've you've touched you've, you've touched gloves <laughs> so yeah. to speak with with these other women, which is really huge. Um, so you you have this fight coming up um, with with Zara Faren Santos, mm-hmm. and I um, I had a chance to interview her, and I know you were out. Oh, cool. Yeah, you were out at tough uh twenty eight. So you get to kind of scope out the territory. Did you have that in your mindset? It's like if this don't go down here, it's gonna go down elsewhere, <laughs> something like we
1: scope. No, honestly, I mean a little like but yeah. I watch every fighter that way. I watch men that way, like how would I beat that person? <laughs> so okay. um it's but it was more uh I figured if I didn't get in the tough house I was scouting for uh matchmaking. It was like, oh I get to see, you know, who's here who looks good you know would be a good addition and it was it was actually really nice to see so many featherweights show up mm-hmm. because i know that the common argument is oh there aren't enough featherweights and um you know it's just like anything it there are definitely more than they make it sound like and then if they build the opportunities yeah. then they'll be more likely to yeah to continue to shuffle over there you know if there's no opportunity nobody's going to come from boxing or judo or jiu-jitsu or wrestling you know um but i think now having that hopefully hopefully that happens because there are women i mean what weight is clarissa shields fighting? 160s i think yeah I
0: know.
1: not that there aren't aren't yeah. big, strong athletic women there are they just uh Need to make their way over to MMA. I think.
0: Yeah, definitely. I I mean, I well, looking at the the card that they put together for the Tough 28 show, I was like, oh, they got a lot of bantamweights in there, not yeah, a lot they do. But to the advantage of Invicta, at least now you know Invicta can promote them.
1: Yep. No, yeah. there's a happen happen uh, featherweight, and that'll hopefully continue to build. Yeah. Sure. Yeah.
0: I mean, I'm looking forward to um, this fight card that's coming up. In in November, and I was you know psyched to see they have two featherweight fights on there that are actual
1: featherweight fighters. I know, no, I know. <laughs> Me too. I'm I'm excited that I'll be be able to eat some food while I'm just watching Pam and Felicia. I'm excited to watch that one. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. I mean, but it was crazy. Yeah, it's tough try out some of those girls because they weigh you right when you show up, you know. Mm-hmm. And some of them were uh, super light, super light. Uh, yeah. So it's it's interesting. It, it, it makes me wonder what their plans are for the featherweights. I, and not in a good way, you know.
0: Yeah. And I mean, even if, you know, um, Cyborg has, you know, I think two two uh, fights left on her contract. And it, and it doesn't sound like she's too thrilled with, with um, how they've right. handled her and what fights they've given her. They haven't really challenged her, I think, the way mm-hmm. she should be challenged with somebody who's actually... In her weight, and you know, trying to make her cut weight or whatever, you know, like and but I think it's just you know it it has to change and it will. um We'll just see. You know, she could go fight someplace else. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, it just needs just going to take a just a little time. I don't think too much. Yeah. But but yeah, to your point, a a lot of the women that have fought her have been bantams coming in last minute to do it. Yes. Not not even bantams that have. Tanya Avenger. I know about this three months in advance. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And then people are like, oh, she's nothing. I'm like, are you kidding me? You have no idea. (laughs) You
1: know, you have no idea. Yeah, absolutely. So, so, you know, it's just going to just hang on. Just take, just wait a minute. You know, be patient.
0: So, how did you get into matchmaking with Invicta? How did that all occur?
1: Honestly, Shannon just called me up one day and was like, what are you doing these days? You know, and I had just gotten back from Thailand uh, the first time, uh-huh. just, just gotten back. But um, I'd done some matchmaking locally for kickboxing. So I uh, dipped my toes in the, the matchmaking on a local level is a pretty different animal than like within Victor, an international show. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, she just asked me what I was doing you know, initially I came in to sort of do the job in conjunction with Julie. So that was great. Like having Julie and I were friends. We fought a couple of times, but we're also pretty good friends. So, uh, we worked together. She kind of showed me the ropes and, uh, nice. and then when she's completely stepped down, it was, it's really been great, uh, working with Shannon. Mm-hmm. She's been in the sport a super long time. Yeah, I know has some incredible insight. Yeah. So getting the opportunity to learn from her has been great. Yeah, I can imagine. I mean, she started with I think Strike Force.
0: She was she was matchmaking for them, I think.
1: Yeah, I know she was doing uh, athlete relations or it could have been matchmaking too. She's done matchmaking for I think a couple different organizations and she might have even been working with a smaller show prior to that. Maybe it was IFL. You remember? Yes. So, uh, yeah, she's had a, a pretty storied career prior to Invicta even.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'd like to meet her at some point because I think we'd have a lot to talk about.
1: <laughs> oh, I think so too. She's She'd be a great interview for sure. Yes,
0: yeah. I think I figure maybe I got to get a few more of these under my belt and then she'll give me some time. I know she's a very busy lady. Oh, yeah. Um, so... Uh, I, um, I have like a whole bunch of questions for you. Okay. Yeah. Did you get a chance to look at, it? I, get, I sent you like. Yes, um, I yes. did. Okay. I did not want to surprise you with anything. Oh, like no, that. no. I, I mean, yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah. I like, I like it. So you kind of have an idea so you can kind of think your thoughts through a little bit, but, um, what kind of goals do you have for the next three, three years, personal and, uh, business wise?
1: Ooh. That's a uh, good question. So when I retire from fighting, whenever that may be, I do plan to come back to matchmaking. Um, But prior to that, I want to, you know, the the vague answer to that is I would like to get to the level that I should have been fighting before, how I feel I should have been fighting before with my potential. Mm -hmm. Um, I want to get to the top of the division. Nice. So that's that's that for, as far as fighting goes, uh, on the other side of things, though, I've been matchmaking Muay Thai in Minnesota and I want to help that sport continue to grow as well. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, always been super near and dear to my heart, obviously. And, you know, I think, uh, we have a matchmaking for a show up here, Driller Muay Thai still, and we have four shows nice. scheduled for next year. So will it be tournament
0: style? What do you think? Or? Uh,
1: We, we've considered doing the tournament. They've been mostly single fights. Yeah. Um, and again, with that really making an effort to have both men and women represented, you know, we've had some cards that are, they're about half and half and it's honestly mostly based on availability. Mm. We have a lot of tough ladies up here. Uh, we have, I think four on our team that have more than 20 fights women. So uh, amateur still. So they'll be coming up and and just kind of helping our, my team. their thing as well as the other uh talented fighters around here
0: that's awesome because i was just speaking with um a woman i met in new york uh because i was at one of the bjj that the PNMs in new york Oh, oh cool and uh she was saying that uh they're starting some sort of muay thai tournament like they'll have like three rings going and something and i was like oh we gotta find out more about that she said, yeah. an uprise again because i know there was muay thai was pretty big in new york um uh, back i don't know two, early 2000s and stuff yeah. like and a little later than that you know but i haven't heard too much about it and there's even like an insurgence now like with it happening even in massachusetts which we really didn't have it at all Really? After, we'd have to travel. People here had to travel either to Rhode Island or to New York. And then they, they kind of, if they were going into New York, they were a little like, I don't know, those girls are going to rip us apart because we didn't have like any competing happening. Right. And that matters. No. Like if you're competing, it, does. it matters. Yep. Totally matters. So now s- seeing it, I mean, before it used to be just out in California, you know, you'd yeah. hear about it out there. And then now, well, I guess the Midwest and now here it's oh, Thank goodness
1: yeah which thank is- goodness because you're right like oh
0: sorry i didn't mean to interrupt you no you didn't you didn't at all i think i just had like a little ding come in sorry
1: <laughs> we yeah we i feel like i've been just kind of left out here in the midwest the bigger shows which is understandable you know it's really hard to sell tickets that far away from home yeah. uh, until you get a bigger name right but there is a lot of a lot of talent here just like i'm sure there was in your area but if it's not being developed it doesn't yeah. go anywhere. You can't show anybody.
0: Yeah. the opportunities just kind of go away and you're like, Oh wow, we need somebody to kind of run shows to, to get these people. But then it, it all takes, you know, somebody to have some sort of funding yeah. <laughs> to do it.
1: No, exactly. And yeah. we have uh, a guy named Jeremy Bjornberg and he actually promoted, uh, he's been promoting MMA in the area. He said <laughs> I think around 60 shows total with boxing, MMA and now Muay Thai. But he, I, I'm working with him and luckily uh, his company has been, been backing it uh, to help kind of transition it in. First, we were doing shows that were MMA and Muay Thai. Now we've had some Muay Thai standalone shows. So it's, it's, it's rolling there. But yeah, definitely it's not something I would have been in a position to just do by myself.
0: Right. Wow. Yeah, it's it's hard to get those those shows going and keep them going. I mean, you know, you've been you've been to shows that that there are promotions that no longer exist now. <laughs> you know? tons, right? Tons. Yeah, there's tons of them that just you know they they were there, they were great, and then they're they're gone. You mm-hmm. know, um, do you have any personal habits or a daily routine that contributes to your success as either a person, a fighter, however you want to, you know, kind of answer the question?
1: Uh, The biggest habit I've picked up that has been helpful is what I call hard prioritizing. And when I'm thinking about sometimes the smaller things, sometimes the bigger things in my day, is this going to help get me closer to the goal or not? And sometimes that's really difficult, right? Like your friends want you to go out for a drink but you have a fight coming up. Is this going to help me with that? No. Well then probably not. And there are things closer to a fight. I'll be more strict about that. Mm-hmm. Um, further out, it's like, okay, you do need some time to, to mentally relax and whatnot, but getting in the habit of being able to do that. Cause it was really helpful for me. I, somebody who can really start taking on too much and put too much on my plate and well, I suppose I could go do this thing. It's like, yeah, but you need to be resting. So um, I think being a little bit more, it's not even selfish. It's just uh, making decisions with more purpose Mm -hmm. has been a habit that's helped me a lot.
0: Mm. So you get really clear like on what you want to do how do you yeah. how do you how do you prioritize like i mean when you know when you really like i mean you have your goal and what are you know like some little key things that can keep you from being confused i guess about you know oh mm-hmm. should i do this or that especially when it comes to training if you're a fighter yeah. you know like you could be like oh how do i know to train with this person as opposed to that person or or that coach over this coach and really kind of narrow it down. How do you get clear about that?
1: Uh, part of it can be results, you know? Um, training partners, for example, what's the likelihood I'm gonna get injured? You know, that's a big one. Yeah, that's huge. Uh, if you're trying to decide between, it's like what we'll do when we're getting ready for a camp is I'll, um, I'll bring somebody in for the specific drills it's for that day, it's what, you know, uh, what the way we're doing it with Corn Pet. Um, mm-hmm. So, and it can be hard, right? Because, like, you don't want to, for instance, you don't want to hurt somebody's feelings or whatever. But if they can't push you and they could potentially injure you,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you can say it nicely, but you have to prioritize that. So, that's um, that can be a tough thing. So, yeah, a lot of the time it's usually just sitting down with myself, you know, in my head, of course. <laughs> listing one two and three what are the most important things that need to happen today and they have to happen in that they have to take precedent in that order um wow and it's a tough thing it's it can be a tough thing to stick to but it it's really helped me a lot
0: yeah that's really cool that's a great piece of information that's awesome i'm like huh you know, cause sometimes, I mean, I'll write down my list and, and I don't put them, you know, I should reorganize them. Now you can do it all on your phone. Like, okay. Yeah. Right. It's uh, so
1: nice. Yeah. Right.
0: The, and then, uh, you know, you, I forgot what it's called. It's like a little app and it's like, oh, maybe I should move this one up and do that one mm-hmm. first, you know, like instead yeah. of the other ones, the other things that you have to prioritize. That's really, that's actually a really
1: nice, helpful
0: tip. Wow. Mm-hmm. Like that. Yeah. I
1: think it probably transfers to anything, you know, I've been yeah. using it mostly to fighting, but whatever yeah. your primary goal is. Yeah, for sure.
0: Can you tell us or share a story um, along your martial arts journey where you have experienced an aha moment, a realization?
1: Yes. So it's really hard for me to no. You know when I think I'm trying to think when I would say it was Um, when, as I said, when I was in MMA, I was doing everything perfect and then not having good fights. And it was training in Thailand. I don't remember the day, but understanding that you can't control everything and it doesn't need, it doesn't need to be perfect. And you can still perform like that need to control is it's, it's an anxiety. Um, and it doesn't help with performance. You can still, you know, it's just like any job. If, If you're an accountant and you can't do that job unless everything's just right, then you're not much of an accountant. Mm. um and i think learning to let go because over there you don't know what's being said to you the trainers mess with you you know they'll they won't tell you how many or they'll tell you that you don't have 10 left and then you end up doing 100 more like whatever right yeah and i think that's by design i think it's to make especially we americans because we can be so worried about that make us let go and just you're gonna be super tired and look like crap and in training and, and that's just too bad. You gotta just let go of it. Um, uh, but in doing that, I think that's where real confidence comes from. Nice.
0: That's a great answer. That that just makes me think of when I was over there and they would trip me and put me on my ass. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, exactly. you Yeah. We're we're gonna do pads, and I'm thinking, and then all of a sudden I go flying on my ass, and then they start laughing at me. And I'm yeah. like, what? <laughs> you know
1: oh, what exactly. And you can't. You can't be perfect in those yeah. conditions. No, yeah. you just have to roll with it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It was really funny. Oh my gosh. That's awesome. So, um, is there a time in your journey where you experienced failure and uh, what did you learn from it?
1: Um, yes, many times I've had, uh, a very public career because I had a big fight so early, you know, it was eight months in. So, um, Everybody has seen my triumphs and failures pretty, you know, not not so much the Muay Thai because it falls under the radar. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there are a lot of things I learned, but I think the thing that that has helped me the most is learning how to maybe help other people through that, that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we have a really bad attitude about failure mm-hmm. in America, particularly in fighting, mm-hmm. you know, uh, one or two losses, and everyone's like, "Oh, when are you gonna retire?" And I would understand if you're getting like knocked out cold. We've all seen that, or somebody like, "No, you're taking too many shots in the head." But if you're you're losing decisions and you're okay, mm-hmm. yeah, you're struggling. You're having, you're you're not uh, performing the way you should, but it's not dangerous, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think not getting so beat down or beating myself down about losses or screwing up was another big part of it because then you don't bounce back then it turns into streaks, and my record is a great example of that I mean you could look at my earlier record and be like a streak of wins streak of losses streak mm-hmm. of wins streak of losses
2: mm-hmm.
1: and not until recently would I yeah if I drop one whatever I bounce back I don't get so bent out of shape about it but that took a lot of work a lot of mental work for me mm mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I've heard a lot of the other women um, that I've had on the show speak about that—that that, that mental game kind of thing—and mm-hmm. really kind of um, uh, what do I want to say, um, nurturing or or cultivating a stronger mindset. Yeah, and, and developing that. Where I think you know, in sports, when we're younger. Um, Depending on what we've been able to experience as maybe a team, or or if you're in boxing or something that's a yeah. single kind of sport where it's just yourself, tennis or anything like that, um, the opportunities haven't been there for women, and and it's yeah. really this this generation, uh, you know, like since maybe the '60s or something that it's kind of been happening for women that it's been mm-hmm. the slow progression of um, us shifting in our mindsets of what we're able to do and, and then shifting culturally what, what um, we're perceived as capable of doing as women. And, and part of it is the mindset and learning how to train it as well. Like, like the men do,
1: (laughs) you know, Yeah. Yeah, And do that. (laughs) No, I I think you are a hundred percent spot on and you see it. Um, I'm sure you've probably, read or heard about this somewhat you see it even in the way that sometimes people talk to young girls versus little boys is
0: oh different
1: if the little boy does doesn't do well on a test it's okay you just need to work hard. it's okay you can get past it you just need to work harder and uh, the way young girls are often spoken to it's you're a smart girl you're a good girl you are this thing just because you are not because you've you've developed it or you're going to develop it
0: uh, or, or even more degrading it's like well you could go to beauty school or you yeah could, well you could yeah exactly you know, a, a mom you know like in, in, like even degrading what a mother does like you could, could absolutely like yes absolutely and and i i know i know i felt that when you guys are younger than i am where like i i know i had those things said to me along the way oh sure and i'm like and and it, and i've seen the progression of change that has happened but wow you know like <laughs> you're like and you think oh. that's the norm and you think that's the way it's supposed to be i mean that's that and then you start to you get out of say your um you know your town or your wherever your school systems or wherever mm-hmm. you heard these things your work your culture and you start to go out in the world and you find okay there's a little bit of a difference going on here there's other people that oh, yeah. don't think this way and which is an amazing thing and i think you know, part of the thing is yeah, absolutely. martial arts opens the doors for that in a very unconventional way. It's hugely unconventional. I mean, you were a part of that. They didn't want to see your bloody face on, on yeah. national TV, you know? And, no,
1: you're right. That wasn't that long ago. No, it wasn't. Ten years, right? And I've yeah. heard that from people. I don't know why a woman would want to fight. Or, you're, you know, and this is my favorite one. Mm. When you say you're fighting or you have a fight, or even you take some damage, well, aren't you worried about ruining your face? Um, (laughs) was always one, too. And first of all, the fact that what your nose looks like is more important than what is going on with your concussions
0: (laughs) Uh,
1: is bad enough by itself. But then also, uh, so much worth of a woman's worth can be assigned to her appearance
2: yeah.
1: uh, by society. And unfortunately I've gotten more of that, I think from uh, older women yes, than anybody really. Yeah. Um, and I don't think it's, it's not meant in a malicious way. It's just, no. I think they say it because that's what they would worry about, which is yeah. kind of heartbreaking, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. not chase your dream because oh man what it might do to your face you know I don't know
0: yeah I I mean like I can remember growing up and naturally being a fighter but I never discovered like really innately discovered that until I was in my mid-40s that I had that and and I was like wow it took All that time for me to figure that out, and then and then I had to nurture it in myself, you know, like to to go and Mm -hmm. go train and all that. So it was really fascinating to me, you know, the just this mindset of how women can keep us not evolving as Mm -hmm. as women into doing other things that are, you know, like that that following your dreams, what you want. You know, not that I wanted to do that, but it was a part of myself that I didn't even know existed. And I'm thinking what would I have done earlier on? What what other things would I have done if if society didn't have that kind of thing? And I think now you know, it's much different, but there's still some things that that aren't happening. And this featherweight division really reminds me of it. That's why I'm 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 like talking about you yeah because it's it's like there's still the, this perception that there are there are no female fighters and i see it in threads on facebook on twitter everything there are no female featherweight fighters that could fight you know cyborg that would give her even a you know there's just there's nothing there's no depth and we heard this before we heard mm-hmm. this before ronda Rousey took you know and Got the band division going and everything and now
1: Yeah. They've said it about everybody.
0: Yes. And it's so funny. And I'm like, hello, wake up, put the light bulb on, you know? Like it's very
1: just uh, Yeah.
0: Well, you know, they're gonna learn. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Very soon. Very soon. Sooner than later. It's really coming. I can see it Mm -hmm. coming now.
1: But yeah, see your points. I you know, I've even I've gotten that sense from uh so my grandmother obviously was dealing this way earlier, um, but sort of man, I w- I wish this kind of stuff would have been an option for me. And just like dude, like had what if what if when you were eighteen, yeah, it was an option. You didn't, you had no idea because it just wasn't presented, and you don't see it. It's different when you see it. Yeah. Um. As a young girl, I think in particular now, man, like we have young ladies coming up and there are a few of them in Invicta where they're eight, they're turning, they're fighting pro when they turn 18 because they've been competing since they are young already. Yeah. It, Isn't that crazy? It's awesome. And it's not going to be long until you can't, yeah. you can't enter at 20. You know, it's not, it's not going to be long anymore.
0: Yeah. When, when you were in Thailand, did you see children uh, compete? Young,
1: mm-hmm. young kids? Yeah. I've in a car to some kids. Uh, so I did. I went back again the following year and I fought in Isan. So uh way out in northeast Thailand and I was on a card with a bunch of kids. Wow. And um, they're betting against the kids. <laughs> yep. No, it was yeah. it was interesting for sure, but um How did you feel
0: about that knowing that in this culture it's probably a bit frowned upon that children are are boxing at that and kickboxing at that level? Like, I mean, they're young. Mm
1: -hmm. Oh yeah, they are. Um,
0: For head injuries, trauma to the head, you know, we have that football, you know, we're protecting the the kids now with the football injuries and and trauma to the head. And whatnot. Yeah. Well, I
1: think like it's, well, first of all, Thailand, we tie a little bit less focused on headshots anyway than you see in the States. So there's that. But beyond that, I don't, I know people get really uh, bothered by it, but I don't think they quite understand what kind of poverty is in a song. Mm-hmm. And with that level of poverty, it, it's not like in America where you can be broke and still Find a way to end up becoming a doctor one day. You know, you can still get scholarships. Yes, you're still going to have setbacks, but you can possibly come out. It's not like that in in truly poverty stricken areas. Mm -hmm. So, yes, I suppose that is a risk for the fighting, but they might have a better life overall if they become a good fighter who Mm -hmm. can then take care of themselves and their family or can even become a good trainer. And have a far better life. I mean, uh, my trainer, Cornpet, started fighting professionally at the age of ten.
2: Yeah.
1: You know. Yeah. Um, and now he's living here and, and training fighters, and his whole family uh, has benefited from from his fight career.
0: Yeah. So
1: to say, I I don't when people get upset about it, I don't think they can fully grasp what they're talking about because I don't know that they've seen it. Yeah. Honestly.
0: Yeah, I know. I I know. I've seen it, so I mm-hmm. I understand it, and I and I get it. Like I completely get it, and I never had that kind of feeling. But it's nice to hear other people explain it, who who have been there mm-hmm. and they see it and they understand it. And it does provide for the family for sure. You know, like for the mm-hmm. entire family, one child could provide, you know, a year's worth of salary in one fight for for their whole family.
1: Well, in the not the quite, anymore, but. Mm-hmm. the drug use if it, if it keeps them out of the drugs and stuff in Asan too uh, i think yaba is pretty pretty rampant and Ugh. and uh you know there was a girl young girl who was at Deseret last time i was there she was in her teens and she's fighting um and i remember it being a big deal somebody on facebook found out how young she was and making a big deal and it's like mm. being a fighter is not the worst thing that can happen to you
0: yeah, well, they could be um, you know, sex trade. You
1: exa- know? Exactly.
0: It's huge over there. I can't even believe it. I mean, I know when I was over there, I was like, are you kidding me? I'm like, I babies. I'm like, I, I had a daughter. I have a daughter. <laughs> you know that I'm-
1: No, I- you No, know? like, I'm, and you think this could be my own child. You know, this- just Some just giant, disgusting German guy. Yeah. yeah it's terrible. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Exactly, It would be all uh, farangs coming over and, mm-hmm. and, and taking advantage of, of these young kids,
1: Kids like, yeah. you
0: know, paying them. But still, it's like, are you kidding? Yeah, me?
1: no, it's brutal. Just you know, like
0: I don't even. Yeah. Do yep. But but that's that's that is the alternative. I don't know
1: what it's like still over there, but I know it was kind of bad. Right. And I think I think I've actually heard from some trainers they feel like fighters are getting softer now because it's because the economy is shifting a little bit and there are other options. So it's not, they don't need to fight anymore.
0: Yeah, wow. So
1: it changes the, uh, change the game a little bit. It'll be interesting to see what happens. Yeah, that is interesting.
0: So, um, do you have, what has been your greatest challenge uh, when dealing with fear mm. and how do you overcome it? Cause I know a lot of fighters, when they're going into the cage, they have that. Like, I mean, they definitely deal with fear going into the cage, but yeah. so many, fighters talk about that. So, I mean, it doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, stepping into the cage or the ring or anything like that. It could just be fear in general, you know, your, and how you deal with it.
1: Ooh, I think, I think most fighters would tell you this too. It was always for me, it was more of a fear of underperforming than it was a fear of getting hurt uh, or anything ever. Mm-hmm. So, and what's hard, right, is that you have this fear and then that fear gets solidified when you do underperform. And it does, um, it stings, you know? So it's, it's getting over that was a challenge. And it's not that you don't have concerns. It's not as though I don't have concerns now ever, but it's a, a much different feeling. So that took a lot of work. And frankly, I think fighting internationally is what, what helped me with that because it's so out of control that you just, can't control anything and you just have to basically shut off your mind (laughs) and not think about Mm -hmm. underperforming because you better you know you you better just get out there and and do it there's not much to think about because it's already so insane Mm
2: -hmm. and
1: I, I even with our uh fighters coming up usually early in their pro career I think it's best for them to compete internationally late in their amateur early in their pro career because it I think gives people a, a mental edge in dealing with b s whether it be their own or, or someone else's that <laughs> wow. then it, then it becomes old hat and it's easier to to move on
0: yeah yeah wow um, do you have uh three maybe a couple of things that you say are essential to your success as it leading an empowered life
1: yeah, I think um not being you know it's so cliche but just not ever making yourself small you know like not being you know it's absolutely important to be considerate and care about other people but to never not do something because it's going to make somebody else uncomfortable or bothered and that can be the smallest thing that can be you're still trying to win at sprints even if somebody's going to be upset that you beat them <laughs> mm-hmm. or it can be uh uh something bigger you know taking steps in in your own career mm-hmm. it can be anything and i think that's important for all of us mm-hmm. yeah so did you like um
0: who who's been like an inspirational person or what what has inspired you in your life like somebody that you know role model or someone that has kind of uh you know led that kind of giving you that kind of inspiration to to be who you are
1: in the fight game or in life in general life um I think in a lot of ways my f- my father was absolutely great for him for me and for uh, sort of... The, the way, and he, he passed when, like, shortly after I started doing martial arts, mm-hmm. I was 16, but he was so um, supportive and in a way that gives you, gives a kid the sort of confidence to, uh, and particularly a girl in a male-dominated sport to, well, I don't care if you guys are upset that I'm here, I'm here. Um, he would take me hunting and stuff when we were kids. And I remember being very young, and he said his friends didn't want me to come with because I was a daughter and not a son. And he told me this, you know, I was 11 or 12, I think. And he was like, well, but that doesn't matter because you're a better shot than their kids anyway. So, yeah. But having him, I think, reinforce that has carried mm-hmm. into my life in a lot of avenues. Mm. That's
0: awesome. Did, now, do you have other siblings? Do you have sisters or brothers, or?
1: Yes, I have um, a half brother and a half sister and a stepsister and a full-on sister. So yeah, we're kind of scattered about, but yes. Okay. So I mean, did your dad have like
0: a son or? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and and he took you both hunting. Or just- no.
1: Mm-hmm. Actually, now I'm you're going to get the whole string yeah, <laughs> No, uh I didn't actually <laughs> meet my brother until my dad passed away, or I didn't really get to know him. I met him once before, um, but he and my brother's mom were not together. And I think until my brother was a little bit older, he didn't even know he was raised with somebody else at first, uh, as if it was his father. So,
0: oh, Okay. But that's pretty cool that your dad gave you that support and even like went against, he even said, too
1: bad I'm taking my daughter hunting, you know, like. Yeah. And awesome. he was very, uh, very much just sort of laughed at them for it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, mm-hmm. they say the voice your parents speaks to you and becomes your, mm. becomes your inner voice, so to speak.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, when, when he did that and he told you that, What did you think as a young girl? I mean, what was, I mean, I think then you kind of like, as a young kid, you're like, oh,
1: okay. Oh Yeah, is it gonna make you, I feel like I remember being a little, uh, feeling a little weird going after that, but I don't know, but I didn't, like, I felt, uh, you know, he made sure I felt comfortable there. Of course, nobody would ever say anything like that to you. You know, they would just act. Whatever. So right. maybe I had a little chip on my shoulder that I had to show them up.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I hope you caught something when you were out with them. <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> you know? I got the the four point buck, <laughs> you know, uh, or whatever. Yeah, I don't know what you guys went hunting for,
1: but <laughs> No, yeah, it was gross. And yes, uh, I would get up earlier and go out by myself. And I think usually I was more successful
0: because nice. of that. That's cool. So, um, the whole father thing too, where your father passed away. Well, how, I mean, how old were you when that happened? I was 16. Yeah. So that's really young to lose your dad. Yeah. Wow. So you um, definitely had a strong connection with, I'd say Rhonda, because she lost her dad too young. I mean, you guys must've had like some sort of like, a, you know, like, you know how you attract like certain people in your life and they have similar storylines. Did you, did you, did you kind of, were you aware of that in the, in that uh, period of time when you were training, say with Rhonda and, and um, Jessica and um, Shana?
1: I wasn't aware. I don't think I was aware of that until after I moved uh, out of LA actually. Yeah. But um, you know, it was, it it was of course cool to be just in a room with uh I guess sort of that a bunch of ladies with that same attitude. Yeah. I don't, I don't really care how you feel about it. (laughs) This is what I'm doing. Uh, And she was, she's great in that way. And I think something that we can all take from her in her career is just because it hasn't been done doesn't mean it can't be. Right. And that's something she's proven uh, over and over again. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, she's recreating herself again, yet again,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, which is cool. And and um, it, it looks a little like you will be too. You're coming back, you know, like into the fight scene again and, mm-hmm. and starting anew. Yeah. Yeah. Which is really, really cool. Um, and, and seeing where this featherweight division will go and where you will go hopefully in it, you know? Yeah. (laughs) It's gonna be it's kinda, you know, I'm I'm excited to see how it all unfolds because it's just such a sometimes it's such a mystery, but it usually has like some really cool twists and turns as as it lays out. It's it's kind of fun to watch. Um so your 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 folk well your your dad kind of was a good support system for you. So what what now maybe keeps you up at night? Ooh,
1: that's a good question. Yeah. Um, it keeps me up at night. I just, I feel like I'm very much on a mission to fight to my potential, you know, mm-hmm. um, and to try to make changes that I, that I personally want to see, you know, um, it's bothersome that the the only women we're seeing are the lighter divisions and, and there isn't a heavy a heavyweight. Why is there you know, if you can't make under one forty five, you're not making money and fighting as a woman, period.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. And if they take away forty five, it's thirty five. Yeah. And as a result it pushes everything down. So uh, I do feel pretty fired up about that. Like apart from apart from the fact that I wanna do do my own Stuff and accomplish my own goals and fighting, mm. uh, I feel like there's a little something to prove there.
0: Yeah, I feel like you're still forging a path. Like you're forging a path now for featherweights. So, I mean, you you're integral in in actually helping the rise of women's MMA, um, getting into the UFC. Say, right? You're you're involved in in, in that process. And now it's like, okay, we're going to get this featherweight division going. Cause man, there's so many fighters out there and there's, there's that same mentality of like, there's not, there's no depth. There's nothing. Yep. There. No, and, you're right. You know, like, and, and, and it's like, and it's an old record that needs to be broken, you yep. know, like, and it's like, stop saying that guys, guys, stop mm-hmm. saying it. Cause it's not true you know yeah. and 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 um and so you're kind of to me i'm like i'm uh, you know i'm so excited to get this interview with you because it's like yeah she was at the tough 28 show we saw how that all turned out yeah. and, you know the show's going on but the tryouts and who they mm-hmm. picked we saw how that all go and i was like oh that's still in that 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 cycle okay at least there's Invicta and now you got to kind of step in there again and say hey wait a minute we're here but now we're going to show you why we're here yeah. Yeah, and me, that's what you that's what you're that's what is happening, like this with you,
1: with with Pam. Um well, and I think every one of us feels that way too. Yeah. There's and and that's kind of what's interesting, What's sort of I don't wanna say it's left the women's division, but I feel like before there was more acceptance, we kind of there was sort of this unspoken, everybody was like, Yeah, we're gonna show you guys what's up you know, um, and I feel like that is now happening, uh, with the featherweights because there is, you know, there is the threat of that getting folded and, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, there's just, there's always going to be, be more to be done of course. And, and I think that's, that's the next big one is okay. So, you know, prior to, prior to Invicta, they said women don't sell, women don't sell tickets. I'm sure you remember that. Yeah. You know, now it's the biggest, it's outside of the UFC on Fight Pass. It is the biggest property on Fight Pass.
0: Yeah, that's why I have Fight Pass. I've had it since I don't know when, like since since mm-hmm. Invicta came on the scene. Otherwise, I probably never would have got it, you know? It's because it's yeah. of Invicta.
1: Um, and, it, and then Rhonda came through, and I think those two things yeah. together yeah. made people take notice. So it's like, all right, so now let's get some together and make people take notice of the featherweight division. Yeah.
0: I, I had a quick question about the, the, the two ways, because I, you, you've interacted with both of these fighters, with Rhonda and Gina, and how mm-hmm. they came onto the scene and they were kind of, you know, they rose up and then, you know, took some hits, some, oh, some yeah. hard hits. It wasn't even just hits in the cage. It was such a public kind of because they were like put on this pedestal, the two of them.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And, you know, what's your take on how they left?
1: You know, it's really, it's something that bothers me a lot, because I feel like you see this everywhere. If uh, a woman loses, I feel like when men lose, then there's still a fighter that lost. But for some reason, when women lose, they can sometimes be, lose or shoot, have a bad day in the gym. Like, they're, they're demoted to, like, not even a fighter. Like, she was never good. And I can't this. that is the most nonsensical thing I've ever heard.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, it, with Rhonda in particular, she cleaned out that division.
2: Yeah.
1: Cleaned it out. And every time she would fight somebody, uh, she fought eating gomes like super early. Was it her first pro fight or something? Yes. It was super yeah. early. Yeah. It's like, oh, she just hasn't fought somebody who grappled. It's just nonsense. And then she'd fight a striker. Oh, she wasn't that good. Like every time. Hmm. There was some excuse about it. Hmm. Um, and yeah, good fighters lose to other good fighters sometimes, but it doesn't demote them from, from not being the great fighter. They were Yeah, exactly. it's still a great fighter. Um, and I think, you know, we had talked, spoke a little bit about the American attitude about loss. I think that's part of it, but man, it seems way worse for women, way worse for some reason. Um, it's, it's very strange. So yeah, I think the, uh, I think the public reaction was appalling, and frankly, any any coach who's trying to say she was never good doesn't know what they were watching. Yeah. yeah,
0: same same here. I mean, I I remember sitting at a table and people were rooting for her to lose. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, women were, and yeah. I and I just I was like, are you flipping kidding me? Do you know what this woman ha- this this woman has done? Yeah, is it's doing amazing and you're you're sitting here going to this gym because of her i bet on any way oh i don't like her attitude she's too cocky or she's too
2: mm-hmm.
0: because she she she's not apologizing for herself for once how yep. often this is just just you know like this is just a thing okay you're bringing it out on me but how often have you been, and i know this is how i started training I would be in my whatever gym training with some guy or whatever, and I would punch him and then immediately apologize. This is when I first began my martial arts training. And I would immediately apologize. Oh my God, I'm so sorry. Then I'd laugh. (laughs) Yeah, well, and that's... um, And I was like, is that a conditioned response from me Mm -hmm. from early childhood? And this is something I've been questioning. I was like, is this something that was conditioned in me? Because I see so many women do that. Now I don't do it. Like, yep. now I don't.
1: But it takes a while, right, to, like, yeah. get out of habit? And yeah. It is interesting how men and women alike had such an issue with her not shaking a hand. Yeah. Meanwhile, Conor McGregor goes and throws, what do you throw, a dolly through a yeah. windshield? Yeah. And he's getting less hate. That makes no sense. Exactly.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, yeah, the whole Misha Tate thing. Because is- she's not a nice girl. And I get along
1: with Misha. I'm not... Yeah. Yeah. no I know and, and I know I, I completely understand the whole thing but it was you're really that mad because she flipped somebody off and didn't want to shake her hand really it's it's amazing yeah
0: yeah it, it is it is weird but women definitely were having an issue with that and I was like are you kidding me she is standing up for so many things that are just you know I I just always felt like you know, she even you know labeled herself. She's Ronda Rousey. I'm rowdy. You know, like I'm. Mm-hmm. I am a bad girl. I come out with the bad girl image. I'm like, you know, can't you just see how this is just you know playing to the culture? Mm-hmm. And people couldn't see it. They would get so absorbed. It's really fascinating. But I just wanted to hear yeah. you. I mean, like what you felt and saw. And I think most most fighters that actually you know came up and watched the whole thing of both of the women. Um, mm-hmm. in their fights that they feel basically the same way but to Gina she really kind of went off and I mean it was you know we never saw her after Cyborg and, and it was like oh wow what you know like still would have liked
1: to have seen her fight or maybe yeah, fights just, out of her I same yeah. and you know I you know I don't know it's not as though I've, I've yeah, asked but I, no, I know. I know. you but you know I wonder if if it hadn't been such a crappy experience, you know, if, if the fans wouldn't make these things such a crappy experience, maybe we would mm. see more fighters. Cause. Uh, it seems to be really tough for people when they take a loss mm. in general, that public to, to bounce back from it. Yeah. Uh, it was for me, like the amount of hate you get because yeah. you lost in front of 5 million people against Gina. Yeah. And the amount of weird hate you get from it is really strange. Yeah. Um, yeah. I did a
0: whole podcast and I was laying F bombs on the misogyny and like whatever. Yeah. And, 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 and I, I just so couldn't smooth. even hold back the F bombs on different people. Yeah, those two F-bombing are so
1: famous. I was, I was and like, everybody,
0: uh,
1: everybody's just, um, I, I don't know why they feel like they have, have license to yeah just like them so much
0: yeah and i i do see it i i mean i guess i'm not reading that the guys threads guys do get it too uh they, they oh, yeah and i'm not stuff like that they do but it, it's still like just wow like some of the stuff although it has improved i i had heard you even saying it's like you know now they're actually looking at women for their skills instead mm-hmm. of saying oh i want to i want to you know have sex with her or something like that. I like to have sex with that yeah. particular fighter. Now they're like, oh, she's got skills, man. Like, do you see her knees? you see her elbows? and yeah. She, yeah. Whatever. Jiu-jitsu is like crazy, you know? Like, mm-hmm. So it's cool. It is cool. Um, I have a question that, uh, oh, well, how do you see yourself as a role model for girls and young women coming up?
1: Oh, you know, I hope. Man, that's a good question. Um, you don't ever think of yourself as like a, a role model, you know. Uh, but i I hope that they. I hope that I don't have to be one. I I hope that it's frequent enough that one doesn't stand out. Mm. One woman fighting, or one woman matchmaking, or or doing whatever. I hope I hope that there's enough of that going on that. Huh. One won't stand out anymore and be a role model because it's just what women do.
0: I haven't heard anybody say that. That was like huge, <laughs> and that's a big one. Wow! I mean, you just took my breath away with that because I haven't heard anybody say that, and that that's actually very evolved, hugely evolved thinking. Uh, yeah, wow. That that's above and beyond even my my thought of anything because I, I we're always saying it. Do you see yourself as a role model? Mm-hmm. It's like wouldn't it be great if, if um, you know these opportunities are offered across the board and, and we don't have to be because we're all
1: it's having, not special anymore.
0: Yeah, it's not that special we're, we're, we have these opportunities consistently across the board. That's just amazing. That's a great, great answer. That's what I hope. Yay, I like it. Oops, that's just my little bell's going off. Oops. Um, How important um, is having resilience and courage in the fight game? It's very
1: important. It's maybe the most important thing. Mm -hmm. Because everybody's going to struggle with different stuff. You know, everybody's going to come up, especially if they stay in a long time. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it's something that you've developed. If you're staying in it and and being introspective and looking at, because um, I think in in a lot of ways, it takes a lot of courage to be honest with yourself,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and it's not easy to do. But of course, you don't have anything in life when you're when you're able to do that, you'll see better results. Yeah.
0: Do you find that I mean, over the course of your career, that it's changed for you and and you you've matured into say a greater sense of, um, you know, resilience, overcoming things, and then the courage to kind of like move forward. Like this, this whole like where you are now. Like I mean, four years ago, where you were kind of like a little, sounds like a little lost, you know. Like mm-hmm. you're like I got to re- Absolutely. myself. I have to mm-hmm. refine myself, and and how do I go about that? And, and what did it take for you to you know to, to to walk away? I mean, that took courage to kind of walk away too.
1: Right. Well, it becomes such a, uh, I think it becomes such a part of your identity if you do it for a long time. Mm. But it's, for me, it's always, it comes down to, you know, when you're in a rock and a hard place, but like, what's the alternative? Mm. I I just kind of toward the end there, I felt like I was just beating my head against the wall. So it was like, well, you got to change something. So I actually gave up a really awesome job. I was managing a. Uh, a general manager of a big, a good gym in, um, uptown mm. Minneapolis. And I was like, I have a window. I have to have to go figure this out. And that's when I went out there and then stepped away. And it, it took a lot longer than I was anticipating, but I, you know, it was a long way around, but I found it. Wow. Um, and I think being willing to sort of commit, cause a lot of things take, that we're really after take a lot longer than, than you think they're going to at the o- onset of it.
0: Mm. I have so many other questions for you too, about like, you know, I mean, we're just talking the the fight game, like, and staying true to that aspect of yourself, but there's all these other aspects that people have, that we have as, as just human beings, yeah. we have our, you know, our family life, we have whatever um, career, you know, if, if we can be full-time as a fighter, or do you supplement it through some other income? And then, you know, your spiritual background, your, your, um, the recreational, which I think is going to fall under the fighter and the athlete when you, but like, and, and then too, you know, your intimate relationships, how does that affect you when you're making these choices? It must be right. like, I mean, hugely like you, you you're, you're doing your and yeah.
1: right? Well, and so, uh ryan and i have been together 13 years now almost 13 years and we met at the gym and it's sort of i don't know that it would would work with somebody who wasn't and i hate to say that because it could be something else i suppose Mm -hmm. if they had something else they were really committed to but also he's he's a coach right so he's Mm-hmm. Um, putting in similar hours and making similar sacrifices to what I'm doing, and we've kind of always just had the understanding that we're always there for each other, but that comes first. Now, of course, it'd be different if one of us be like fell ill and we had to take care of each other, but mm-hmm. but they're, I mean, we're both putting our career first quite often. The nice thing is we have a lot of overlap, but yeah, uh, it's been functioning like that from day one. It's fighting's more important, so
0: yeah, and you both know that.
1: Yep. Yeah, and, and that's really what makes it work. I think is that yeah. we're both we both know that that's the case, and and just try to support the other one in their pursuit. Mm-hmm.
0: And and for like um you know this is this is so different for women to choose like you know well it's not different for women to choose career over say maybe a family life or anything mm-hmm. like that. But does that ever come up for you? Do you ever think that? as a woman that you want to have children and, and how this type of lifestyle would probably be a little like some women do have the kids and then they're, they're fine. Like as, as fighters, do you ever consider that? Or is that not part of your, yeah, I
1: don't think I will. Um, but yeah, that's the tough thing, right? Your prime fighting years or your prime childbearing years too. Yeah. So I, I empathize with the women who are having to make that choice Yeah, for sure. Um, because it would be very difficult. There's some things that are great. You know, most gyms are really kid-friendly. Mm-hmm. But having to take a year and a half or, or whatever, what have you, off. Um, and then there's some changes that happen. And some women still fight great. But there's some changes that happen to your ligaments and stuff that, that aren't reversible. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think for them it, it definitely is, is a balance. And I think that's why... We have less super – you know, we don't have uh, too many female like Dan Hendersons or Randy Coutures. And I think part of that is that women are always having to cut them short if they want to have kids because, unfortunately, we're just not uh, biologically equal in that sense. Like, one of us has to do the carrying, and, and it's the ladies. So
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, I think it, it has had somewhat of an effect on, on the women's game. Yeah, I, I think it's interesting
0: too that you see. Well, maybe not so much in other sports, but in 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 maybe it's just because I'm watching mixed martial arts or whatever. But there's a lot of female, um, you know, female partnerships, and yep.
2: oh yeah, and
0: yeah. And I'm like, well, one could, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like, but I just find it fascinating that it doesn't happen in other. You don't see it so much in other sports with um so much as you do. Yeah. In in this this particular sport lately, it seems like every time I turn off, it's like, oh, they're a couple, they're a couple, they're a couple. Yeah. Fascinating. I'm like, well, and
1: I wonder, like maybe, I don't know, maybe women who are fighting are a little, a little bit higher testosterone than the average. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Maybe it's related. Yeah. I don't know either. Um, Were you ever
0: told no or kept from doing something that you wanted to because you were a woman and
1: how did you handle it? Yeah, that's, uh, that's actually how I got into fighting, believe it or not. Oh. I'd gotten in trouble, and my mom told me um, I had to choose an activity. Huh. And I wanted to play football, and uh, the boys coach was going to let me do it, but she was afraid I'd get hurt because I was a girl, so now... <laughs> wow. now I'm fighting professionally. And my mom has since um, huh. changed her mind about a lot of stuff. But... Well, I'm sure. But, uh, but yeah. Sounds like you gave your mom a run for her money there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not probably not what she bargained for. <laughs>
0: yeah. Right. <laughs> she's like, what am I going to do with this girl?
1: <laughs> it's crazy. funny. Like in the last year or two, she's finally like started enjoying watching fights. I think she had a really hard time at first, but, uh, but now she, she, she's watching and learning a lot about scoring so I think it's more interesting for her yeah she's got to know the game
0: and then it becomes way more interesting I think right. understand it because I think if if uh, any uh, like I watch my son but if I think if my daughter you know and I didn't know what I know and she was mm-hmm. she was sparring or like in a fight or something like that I'd be like oh, yeah watch yeah oh, exactly I, I be, bring me a pillow and I can cover my face during the terrifying parts where she's getting pummeled okay. I would feel awful
2: no, I, I no. do that
0: I do that with my favorite fighters I'm like I just can't watch and then I'll watch later you know even mm-hmm. though but I can watch a fight but if I if I know them I'm like oh god okay you can watch it's crazy um so any parting words of wisdom or like a little infomercial on Caitlin Young on what's coming up or any
1: shout outs to anybody? Now would be the time to do it. Sure. Okay. Uh, yeah. I would just say, don't let anybody, Oh my gosh. Don't let anybody discourage you. If you got a coach telling you, you're just not a fighter, then they probably just don't know how to help somebody and, and you need to move on. Um, shout out. I'll shout out to my sponsors. Uh, Zebra Mats, Menacing Valor, Mr. Mouthguard, Cardinal Carpet Care. Uh, thank them for their support. They've all been helping me out since I was doing Muay Thai. Now coming into to MMA, which is more visible, so um, I definitely appreciate them for being being with me for the long haul. And then uh, to Corn Pet for being an awesome coach. And then um, Ryan Murray for dealing with all of it. <laughs>
0: Awesome. Awesome. So thank you so much for being on the show. I really enjoyed getting to know you and I, I'm excited for your upcoming fight at Invicta. Um, we'll see that. That airs, um, I think, November 16th? Yeah, know.
1: November 16th. It
0: is the 16th and we'll be able to fight, uh, see it on Fight Pass. And um, I
1: can't wait to see uh, you fight again. Thanks. I can't wait. And yeah, everyone should tune in and see, see about this featherweight division we're talking about.
0: Will you be matchmaking too? The, no. You're, yeah. done, you're done with it now. You're back in the fight game. You're there. Yep, absolutely. Okay. All right, cool. Well, thank you again, Caitlin. Thank and you. Great having you on the show. Wow, what a great interview with Caitlin Rose Young. She really blew me away with her answer to my question about um, how do you see yourself as a role model to women? I I didn't expect that answer from her to say that she really didn't want to think of herself as a role model. It was such a great answer, um, you know, that she'd rather see, you know, equal opportunities for women and that it wasn't such a, you know, not the norm anymore. She She wanted to see, you know, women, you know, other women having opportunities to be fighters and matchmakers and that, it was kind of you know all across the board like normal like normal kind of stuff i thought that was awesome so i'm looking forward to seeing her fight at invicta fc 32 where she'll be fighting against zarafan dos santos coming um, november 16 so watch out for that on fight pass and um, i'm wishing her a, you know a great career path as she moves forward in the fight game. So if you like what you heard today and are eager to hear more, remember to subscribe or download on iTunes, or better yet, you can 10X your energy without destroying your body with my three, free, (laughs) my free three-part video series. Oh, another tongue twister, I'm telling you. And um, with that, you'll be included on our email list where you'll receive, uh, where you can find the podcast easy enough when it first comes out. So um, you can check that out at my website at evolvewmma.com. you could find it there. The other thing, uh, you can now see us on YouTube. Uh, So all of the interviews are also on YouTube if you have the chance to, you know, sit down and watch and you want to see my mug and and, uh, the fighters that I'm interviewing, you can see us at YouTube at Women's MMA. And then just recently, which I was really excited about because you have to get accepted, is. Uh, you can now find us and listen in on Spotify. Yes, we're on Spotify under, just uh, type it in, Evolve Women's MMA and we will come up and we'll have all our episodes there so you can listen in, you can catch up on some of the old ones. And um, if you'd like to become a patron, I am on Patreon, would love some donations, would love some patrons to start, you know, kind of giving me some feedback. Right now, everything on there is is open. You can look at it all, but eventually I'm going to be just having some things just for patrons only. Um, or simply, you can follow us on facebook.com backslash I love WMMA. This is Shelley Devine. Until next time, thanks for listening.